It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. Hey guys, welcome to the next episode of The Table. Uh, my name is Jason Squires, and uh, excited about today. Uh, we are wrapping up our month on talking about holidays and everything holiday, and this is our mentor chat uh, episode where we just get to sit down with um, a group of worship leaders that we just, uh, I, I love these conversations because you guys, we, I, we all kind of learn from each other in these, in these, uh, in these, in these settings. Um, but before we jump into the, the content, why don't we start off with some introductions Jason, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, I'm Jason Harris. I'm up in Rochester, New York. I've been a worship pastor up here for well over a decade. Um, and over the last several years, also started and founded and run uh, an internship program for young adults, equipping them for healthy ministry moving ahead. So it's uh-huh. great to be with you today. Love it. Love it. How about you, Joe? Joe Hornis. And uh, I've been leading worship for longer than I want to tell you. And, um, and, but, uh, and, and, but love have loved this journey God's had me on. And now, um, I lead, uh, I'm do coaching and mentoring for worship ministries and worship leaders online. So longer than I want to tell you, I don't, I'm going to, now we all want to know, but we won't ask. We won't ask. Uh, Grant, how about you? Yes, hello everybody. My name is Grant Norsworthy. I'm an Australian who lived in the United States for 17 years, but now I live in New Zealand. And that's where I'm speaking to you from today, Upper Mutri, at the top of the South Island of New Zealand. And I uh, am the founder and content developer, principal instructor for a thing called More Than Music Mentor. Uh, More Than Music Mentor provides online and on-site training for the heart and the art of worshipping musicians. Does anyone want to Put, do that that last bit in an American accent so that the American listeners understand. You, you can do it. Heart, heart, and heart, and the art. Art. heart. That's and it. Art. Music. Well that's, done. Well done. That's, I don't know what to do with that statement. Uh, no, that's good. That's good. How about you, Michael? My name is Michael Bond. I am based out of the state of Oregon in the northwestern part of the United States. Love it up here. Got a lot of trees. Blue sky right now. The leaves are changing colors into the fall. Mm. It's beautiful. Love it. I just celebrated a couple months ago, 20 years at my current church, River Valley Church. We're a network of five campuses. And yeah, I just, I'm thankful that the Lord's allowed me to have kind of statistical breaking longevity in one spot, which has really allowed me to pour my heart out as far as Mm. being a worship pastor and training other worship leaders. And that's just my passion. I'm sold out to the local church and the needs always seem to far surpass uh, those who are available to meet those needs. So that's why I love being a part of this group mm-hmm. because we're all committed to raise up the next and Amen. empower the next to get the job done and Amen. Uh, bring his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. So let's go team. Let's go mm-hmm. team. We can put the proverbial hand in the middle and just go, go. It doesn't work. It doesn't work on, and, and doesn't work on a podcast. Of, uh, the pod, I thought the plural of camp is camp I. Camp I? The, 
Isn't the plural of campus campi like octopus, octopi? Camp campuses. It could be campi. Hippopotamus. It's not. Hippopotami. It's, it's not. It's campuses. Hippo, Thank you, Buckle. Hippopotami. Hippopotami. That's the name of this episode. Hippopotami. Hippopotamizing the other day to myself. Hippopotamizing. <laughs> All right, let's let's jump let's jump into the let's jump into this this the subject matter here. Uh, hey, so it's we're coming into the season of uh, Christmas and holidays and. Um, what do you guys, as you guys in, in your churches and, and where you're leading and where you've been, uh, I know we all kind of like plan, we're really good at planning like a, a, a normal, you know, normal time of the year, but then Christmas comes and it's like there's extra things. As you, as you're, what, what are you thinking as you plan the hot, the season, the Christmas season at your church? Um, are, you, are you guys recreating last year or are you creating a new thing? Kind of what is your, what is your method going into um, going into this season, anybody can jump in on that one. I'll talk a little bit, uh, especially still coming out of COVID. There were things last year that we would have liked to do that we probably did not do. Uh, okay. And so coming into this year now, there's a lot that, that that's on the table. So things like choirs, um, even like vocal squads, mm -hmm. um, fitting more people on our platform or working together, um, so in larger quantities, even now than we were 12 months ago. Um, and so that has definitely um, been a part of our planning more recently, but also looking at the holiday season. Um, for my church, that looks like string ensembles and orchestra, along with bands, um, larger vocal squads, or uh, Christmas choirs. So we're kind of looking at that, of like, how do we incorporate some of these pieces that have traditionally been a part of our church for a while, um, but we really haven't been able to experience that um, in New York for the last several years. And so uh, not that there's nostalgia, but there is beauty in getting everybody together and being able to let them use in the congregation to be able to be able to celebrate the musical gifts in a way that we maybe haven't um, in, in a little while. And, and so that's one thing besides the themes, we're, we're actually doing Advent. So this year we're, we're pretty convenient, like we're pretty traditional. Um, literally, I think last year we did the book of Ruth for ad, like for December, um, which was a unique kind of way of taking it. Um, but this year we're like, hey, we're going we're gonna to go back to Advent um, and do those themes and, and preach on that throughout this year. And so that's some of the things. So when we're looking at songs, that's some of the things we're looking at. I love it, Michael. You've planned twenty Christmases at River Valley. So, what is, what is, what are you doing? I mean, going into this year. Well, first off, love, love the Advent theme, and New York. Jason, and I, we do the same thing. It's just a very mm -hmm. special time. So, uh, one, one, I will talk music here in a second. But one thing that we've tried to uh, expand our thinking and planning to is is just the whole family and especially in a year like mm -hmm. which i know we're going to talk about soon but the year where yeah. christmas falls on sunday mm. we are trying to come up with um, like different types of christmas family devotionals like we're trying to not only obviously we want to have a, a very special gathering for christmas corporately but we also want to help facilitate people having their own times of worship in their mm -hmm. homes maybe on christmas morning so we always work on that and put together some something that we can give out in our Christmas Eve services so that people on Christmas morning can can share and share that together uh, with songs and scripture readings and whatnot. And I've been amazed over the years how 
things that we might take for granted of, you know, yeah, of course I read the Christmas story with my family. And of course we sing a couple songs and uh, that's just not everybody's normal mm-hmm. setting. And a lot of people that come to church don't feel equipped to do that. So we're trying to assume nothing and maybe help. As Jason said, they value tradition 92. And we have an opportunity to help people establish maybe some new traditions that they haven't had mm-hmm. before by giving them resources. So that's one thing that's that we really tried to focus on. Uh, normally, when we start every season, and we've been having these talks the last couple of months, you know, all of us, we, as Bob Dylan said, you got to serve somebody. So, you know, I, I, it's not my say and everything. So I go to those mm-hmm. who are making the decision. I speak into it, but there are other parties other than me. So mm-hmm. I want to know where are we going this yeah. December, this Advent season? What's it going to look like? And then that, I need to know that first. Otherwise, I don't know where to go with the services because there have been some years that we've done more of a low key. Like this year, we're just finishing up the Book of John. And we've been in a long time and our teachers really want to finish the book of John. So we are going to cover Advent topics, but we're going to finish the book of John. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be less theming. Uh, we'll do all Christmas carols and whatnot, but it'll be less than it has been some years, uh, depending on, you know, what our teaching series was. So for me, it always starts with what's the focus, what's the target, what's the teaching schedule, what special elements are on our campus pastor's hearts. Mm-hmm. I love it. Grant, you uh, you are a lot like me in that you you guest lead in a lot of places. What are you thinking when you come into a church around this time, around the time, the, the holidays, the Christmas season? Like, are you just throwing in Christmas carols or are you processing that a little bit differently? You know, um, yeah, I'm, I am a lot like you in that way, Jason. I'm not on staff for a particular church. Um, and uh, in New Zealand, too, the culture surrounding Christmas is somewhat different to what I was used to when I lived in Nashville, Tennessee, which is like the buckle of the Bible Belt, as far as I could tell. Very A very sort of Christian community in a lot of ways. Um, but, no, I, I actually, um, because in the Southern Hemisphere where I am in New Zealand, we're heading into summer, so Christmas is slap in the middle of this big summer break. Uh, for all the schools. Um, so I actually try not to go and guest at Christmas time. I try to dig in with my family and my community and stay where I am. Um, most most years uh, I would be doing that. And uh, so the emphasis is a little bit different for me. And, you know, uh, just to help with the, with the translation, if anyone's listening to this podcast outside <laughs> the United States, we say, we say holidays uh, in the United States to mean Christmas, Easter, probably also Thanksgiving. Wouldn't you? Would you use it yes. to in, yeah, yeah, that yeah, whole yeah. that whole season that wraps from sort of October right into <laughs> right up to Easter? And um, but uh, in in New Zealand and Australia and I believe Great Britain, we might say holiday in a similar way that we might say vacation. Yep, yep. So anyway, back to back to the same page. We're heading into summer, and uh, lots of people are going. Lots of families are going away. Um, and I'm, I live in a rural area, like I'm in a little country village, not even a town, a village, you know, the, the village that I, um, live, live close to is, you know, a, a, a gas station, petrol station, a general store, a dairy, I'm translating, um, and, uh, a pub, you know, and a little church building. And it's a traditional church building with the steeple surrounded by a, ce- a cemetery, you know, and, and that's the little St. Paul's Lutheran church that I'm connected with. Um, but we do two things around this season that I think are really important. One is we do a, we do some caroling. And um, 
you know, uh, it's, it's kind of loses some of the vibe of caroling that I did in the United States because it's still the sun's still out at 9 p.m. You know, <laughs> it's summer, it's hot, but we still get a little group of people together from our church family, and because we really see Christmas as this wonderful opportunity, where in New Zealand, which is which is we'd have to say a very secular nation, like the the the, the population in general feels like they are over the Christian message. We tried that; it didn't work. See you later. That's kind of the general feeling. Now, we as part of the church, we are, remain absolutely convinced that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and we want to introduce people to who Jesus is, and Christmas gives us this little window of opportunity where in the public forum we can speak about Jesus and maybe not get hounded down. And you have to emphasize baby Jesus, unfortunately, and I don't mean unfortunately in a negative sense. I mean it's harder to talk about the cross of Christ, but there is a link there. So our our caroling is a, just a bunch of people and an acoustic guitar going door to door around our village and just saying, "Can we sing some carols for you?" Yeah, and we're we're from that little church building over there. We meet at nine thirty on on a Sunday morning, and we do these other things in the community, and so we go around and we do that. It's really low key, and um, you know, it's really. Uh, very, very Kiwi casual. You know, you can't do anything too highly strung in New Zealand. It doesn't work, you know. And then the other thing I would want to mention um, is that, and you can do this when you're Lutheran, but we have our carols, our community carols event at a winery, a beautiful winery. So it's summer. We invite people from the community just to bring a blanket and bring a packed meal and buy a couple of bottles of wine. And we set up a little band in the corner and we play Christmas carols and we read a couple of Bible passages that tell the Christmas story. And our pastor says, we're this church over here, you know, and uh, this is what we do in the community. And, and we have these meetings on Sunday morning. And it's, you know, a church family of like our general service is maybe 40 people. But we might have 300 people at that Christmas carol sing-along. Uh, people awesome. who are nothing to do with church. Yeah. And they're happy to sing about Jesus, at least for that hour and a half. Yeah, and and hopefully we build some relationship, and that's kind of that's how I approach to Christmas. Oh, it's so good, it's so good. I love that that's an option that that brings in the people and it brings in that 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 community. Um, yeah, it's so good. Joe, what about you? You've uh, you've you've been on you've been on all sorts of different sized church staffs in over the years. Like, what are you what do you think as you're going into the holidays? Yeah, well, for twenty five plus of those years, it was at Willow Creek, so we had you know, Christmas, we'd have 40,000 people or something come through our Christmas services. Wow. And um, wait, how so many zeros actually, is that? 40,000? That's four zeros. I had 40. <laughs> You're like, I had more zero. I had more people than zeros. That's what more zeros than people. That's right. But I've also done, done church, done Christmas in startup situations. And you know, what's, what hits me is, but the the approach to it was very similar in either situation mm -hmm. in that we usually, usually, I think at Willow, we started in July talking about Christmas because it was usually a, a really big event because so many involved ticketing and all sorts of stuff. But really when it came down to, and a number of you have mm -hmm. alluded to this, it really started with saying, what do people need right now? Where where is the culture at? What are people longing for? Yep. Christmas is this this break, at least in the United States, where you where where you kind of center in on 
what really matters. And there were seasons where we went, man, we ought to just be celebrating and doing something big and spectacular. And much more often, there the sense was people need rest. Yeah, They want family. They want to know their love. They want to know they're cared about. And um, But really starting with what what's the gift that we want to give people with the tone and the feel what's and then what are the moments we can create around that and then the other challenge um that i think we all feel is but you know it's one thing when you've got worship every sunday but the mess the topic keeps changing well every christmas after you know i've been i think i think i've been in 40 years of christmas services you know and after uh after a while you go how do we keep telling the story the same story but in a fresh, meaningful way that touches hearts and touches lives, you know, and leads people to to, to Christ. So, um, you know, I think that idea of starting early, the idea of saying, what do our people need right now? Mm -hmm. And then getting some good people in a room and saying, what can we do to come to read, to communicate to that need in a way that feels fresh, um, that feels um, meaningful, but not necessarily huge and exhaust everybody mm -hmm. and kill everybody. It just it just give it meaning and give it and and have have it touch the heartstrings of where people are at. Mm -hmm. And a couple of you also mentioned um, as much as we would put in, you know, all kinds of creative stuff into Christmas Eve. Almost it always almost came back down to going. But you know what people really want. They want to be together and they want to sing. They want to mm -hmm. sing carols. Yep. And they there was some every service would end up with a with a significant run of going, we just need to sing Hark the Herald Angels Sing and Joy to the World and 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 do that as a as a community of people together. And um and then build your other stuff around it. But if you can figure out what people need, mm -hmm. tell the story in a fresh way and give people a chance to be together and 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 touch their hearts and and create space for them to celebrate the holiday i mean that's what they're really long for they don't they're not going to do it very well at home you know yeah. they, they come to church because they want to be told the story they want to hear the the christmas story again they want to celebrate it in a way they're probably not gonna around the dining room table on christmas day yeah no ah it's so good so this year, we all have the distinct privilege of having Christmas on Sunday. Um, and I want to talk about this for a minute because the next time it happens because of leap year is actually 2033. So we are 11, 11 years away from the next time Christmas is on Sunday morning. It hits on a Saturday, and, and then there's a Christmas Eve that's on a Sunday. But uh, because the Christmas Day actually skips over, mm. and then we get it on the next cycle with the leap year. So 2033, 11 years until we have to deal with this again. But like for you guys, and I don't, a lot of times people have a really strong opinion as to what one way or the other, is if, if church, should, if we should be doing church on Christmas Day, I'd love to talk both sides. Um, just because if, if there are people listening to this podcast that are uh, not sure what to do, and or not like kind of like trying to feel out what other people are doing let's talk on both sides of the conversation um like how do we decide if we should do church on sunday on christmas day or like or or send home uh, some form of a um devotional 
and kind of like maybe what are you guys doing? Let's kind of have this conversation. But uh, Michael, you alluded to it a little bit. What do you guys? How does that look for um, you guys? And kind of what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, we've done different things over the years, but um, yeah. This year, what we chose to do, number one, I think when you're trying to do wrestle with this, make sure that you, when you cast vision, you consider who's going to carry out the vision. Meaning, we you could be really excited to have a Christmas morning service which is, is awesome. I support that. However, if, if you may need a band or you may need a sound tech or a slide tech or light tech, you may need children's ministry workers. You may need greeters. You may, you know, go down the list. Mm-hmm. So just, just keep in mind that whatever you decide to do that, that you, your heart is stirred and is moved, consider who else gets obligated out of your vision casting. And then mm-hmm. just make sure that make sure you design something mm-hmm. that can be, executed well without putting your volunteers and families in a weird spot mm-hmm. um, what we've talked about in days past is you know hey pay, we've surveyed when something like this comes up surveyed the team and said who like you, you're just so passionate you're like you, you just can't wait to teach christmas sunday morning and normally there's out of it you know out of our team there's somebody and then we say great okay well let's you know we're writing it on an old school dry erase board chalkboard we use that a lot just visually right and say well when anybody will lead worship or want to do something and if we were going to design it we'd normally design it low-key and try and find a way to do it with as few volunteers as possible and make sure they truly are people they're like no i really want to be here as opposed to i have to be away from my children this morning for this because there's you know different sides we'll talk about it so mm-hmm. just i'll just leave it at that let you guys throw in all the other stuff but consider who has to be obligated to carry out the vision you cast when you cast vision. Now, you guys are, a, you guys are in the networked campus uh, model. Is that one? Is it, you either all do it or you all don't do it. Is that, I mean, no, actually that's that, what's nice about having the network is we actually chose every, nobody wanted to lead. No one wanted to teach or lead Sunday morning. Okay. Everybody wanted to be with their family. So we're not going to have it, but there have been some times where we, we would just say, Hey, the Murphy campus is, you know, we're going to have a Sunday service. Mm-hmm. It will be only at the Murphy campus at 10 a.m. And it's going to be family friendly. We're not going to have child care or, you know, children's ministry. Just calm, bundled up. It's going to be great. We'll try and keep it concise and points. We'll be great. But, you know, blah, blah, blah. We do something like that. Or, you know, right now we're, we're in John chapter 17. We're talking about unity in the body of Christ. We also think it's great sometimes to say our church, we're going to, we're not going to be open Christmas morning. Mm-hmm. If you feel really, really led to be at a service, we recommend several of these their friends of ours. We love mm-hmm. their churches. They're going to be open. Yep. Go and worship with them. So it creates an opportunity. Awesome. What about, what about you guys? Any, any thoughts well, on that? Well, just playing off of that, one of my favorite uh, approaches on weekends like this was, was uh, and I so much appreciate Michael's thoughts. I, I love when we say, what's let's put our people first. Let's care for them. Let's figure out what is this going to cost them and not mm-hmm. just, you know, sacrifice everybody and everything for the sake of uh, a church service. But, um, but to do, we did um, in one of the startup churches that I was at, we did um, on a weekend like this, we did a couple services on Saturday. I forget if we did two or three or however many we, we needed, but then Sunday morning, people were off. But what we did is, you know, got a, got some guys with some acoustic guitars and some people that could sing and and uh, built the fire in my fireplace at home and 
threw up some microphones and we did a little devotional recording time. We did an actual worship time with a devotional that people say, now come to Christmas Eve, Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening, Sunday morning, when you're sitting around the table with your family and you're opening gifts or whatever, and you just want somebody to read the Christmas story, you want to hear some Christmas music and you want your heart touched, here's a, here's an, a devotional online done by our team, you know, but we could do it ahead of time uh, mm -hmm. where somebody, they could just watch it on video and, um, and kind of create, uh, and we created some questions around a discussion stuff where people that was meant just to help families or friends uh, <clears throat> just celebrate in the meaning of, of the moment that morning. But it's just, a, uh, but it was just saying what Michael was saying was let's give our people Christmas day, Let's give it to them and then let's figure out how we could serve their families uh, while they're at home. Yeah, well, yeah I can. Um, so good. Because as we planned this and it happened, I forget how many years ago. Um, but our, our thing always goes back to, as you guys have said, how do we care for our congregation? How do we care for our volunteers? And then how do we care for our staff? And what does that entail in, in, in talking with all of them? And then also what's most important. Um, and so in our environment, uh, in our church, this year, we're actually doing uh, services on Friday, the 23rd and Saturday, the 24th. Um, we've been doing that for years, uh, spread them out over a handful of days. And so then on Christmas morning, we have no in-person services, but similar to what Joe was talking about is we're actually recording uh, a devotional service. Um, and we're doing that early December. We're recording mm -hmm. early and say, hey, like, and, and part of it is also congregation. Like you were here one, two services on Friday, Saturday night. We want you in on Sunday morning, this Sunday morning to be with your family. Um, mm -hmm. to enjoy it and watch and participate in this devotional, sing some carols just as a family as you watch um, and give you the resources to be able to do that. And so that's where I've landed uh, a handful of years ago. So I think two times ago when it happened is probably 11 years ago or whatever it was. Um, we did actually have uh, a service. So we did the Friday night, Saturday night, and then we did Sunday morning. And what mm -hmm. we did is we did one. So we do a pretty big Christmas Eve service. Um, but then when we went to Sunday morning, it literally was my sound guy, a graphics volunteer, and my guitar. And that's <laughs> all we did. And so it's like, hey, we had this, you know, amazing you know, Christmas Eve services. But you know what? When we come on Sunday morning to care for our congregation, to care for our volunteers, to care for my team, uh, and everybody was like, you know what? We're just going to come together and we're going to sing carols. Um and it's just me and my guitar, and that's all it needs to be. We had one service that day, um, and it was also a beautiful thing. Um, I was tired, <laughs> but um, if I'm going to tax anybody, usually I want to default on taxing myself more than my team. Um, and so, but uh, but I think there was value in that as well. Uh, what we learned from that is there was a larger portion of our congregation that said, "Hey, I came on Friday. I came on Saturday." I'm not, I'm going to be home with my family. And so they, they opted for that anyway. Um, yeah. And we learned from that. And so uh, that's kind of where we've landed more recently. I love it. Grant, where to tell us about what happens, not in, not where you're at in, in New Zealand. What's kind of uh, the pulse of that on Sunday is 
Is church is church yeah, happening look, on Christmas? Well, again, I understand that I'm not on staff of a church, and just to be totally transparent here, um, I would be the guy who would stay home on Sunday morning uh, if it was Christmas morning. It's family. It's yeah. Calls to various places around the world to connect with family. Mm-hmm. It's opening some gifts, but there probably would be at, at our little church a, a Christmas Eve service, um, and I think we'd we and it'd be concise, it'd be short, it'd be simple, um, it'd be beautiful, it'd be mm-hmm. uh, uh, just a just a really clear representation. It'll probably be be a, by candlelight rather than electric light. Uh, and, uh, yeah, but very low key and very simple and trying to give people as, as few tasks as possible around Christmas and make mm. it about uh, different things. I think most of our effort would have gone into the caroling around our community and yep. the, and the Christmas carol event that I talked about at the winery and people are kind of worn thin by then anyway, probably, especially our senior pastor and, um, yeah, keep it low key and mm. stay with the family on Christmas day. Yeah. I love it. Let's let's talk uh, real nuts and bolts for the holidays. Like, what? Uh, where are you guys finding resources, arrangements? Are you guys? Um, do you have arrangements that you circle back to every year for songs that you're like? I for me, there's a version of "Go Tell It on the Mountain" I love playing every year in that kind of in that in that season. Um, what what about you guys? Are you guys looking? Are you guys always looking for new kind of new arrangements? And or do is it, is it just like standard? Standard Christmas carol arrangements for you. What, what's that kind of look like for you? Well, I'm not very much one for um, uh, playing off-the-shelf arrangements. I, I generally make my own. And uh, that, I think that started because I'm actually a bass player who picked up a guitar and only had three chords that I could play. So I had to find ways of arranging mm-hmm. these songs. But that, that's hopefully changed somewhat. But, no, I, I generally just I have these arrangements – like I think most people want to sing their favorite songs at Christmas time. And um, I am looking to grow that and improve my arrangements from one year to the next, you know, like on December the 26th, I'm not thinking about those songs at all for a while, but I just did want to mention that um, little drummer boy has become a really important song for me uh, personally, but also a song I love sharing at Christmas time. It's my favorite Christmas song not strictly a Christmas carol. Um, you can get a congregation to sing it, but it's actually, it works better for me as, a, as an, like an item song. And the reason why that song is so important to me, like I, as a kid, I loved it. Like as a, as a you know, like an eight-year-old, there was this uh, uh, little drummer boy TV special that came on TV every, every Christmas season. I watched it. It was stop motion animation and it was kind of a weird thing, but it always finished with this song, The Little Drummer Boy where we see our main character, the little drummer boy, he's, he finds himself at the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem. And he's seeing wise men offering gold, frankincense and myrrh. He's seeing all these people offering these amazing gifts. And he's a poor boy, you know, like he, he doesn't have anything. And he feels like he's got nothing to give Jesus. He's got nothing to show how worthy Jesus is. But then all he has got is a drum and a pair of drumsticks. And so he plays and, um, oh, this is so weird. It's choking me up right now, guys. But, but I, I think about yep. that moment in that song and I realized that the reason why I resonate so deeply with that song and why I love presenting it every Christmas is because mm. it's about me in a way. Mm. The little drummer boy is an insecure musician 
and I'm an insecure musician and I see people offering God all these amazing gifts and talents and abilities and I feel really inadequate. But then I realized that God is not impressed with my level of ability. He just, he just wants me. He wants mm. me to be in relationship with him. And, um, and when I'm in relationship with him, I just want to give my absolute best mm. of whatever I've got. And that's the message I think that we all need to hear at Christmas. That's why I love that song, Little Drummer Boy. Um, I've got my own arrangement of it that I really, uh, it just sits really well with me. And um, to, to wrap that with the story of my own insecurity, but realizing, hallelujah, God just wants me. He doesn't want my performance. He doesn't want me to measure up. But as I surrender my life to him, he uses whatever I've got to his glory. And, uh, yeah. And it, Christmas is a great time to have everyone of our congregations leave knowing that, that truth that God wants to know them better, be in relationship with them. They don't have to measure up. But when we surrender our life to him, we we want to measure up. You know, we want our life to change and be yep. more like he wants them to be. It's an effect, not a not a requirement. Amen. Amen. You guys have something to add to that on song ideas? And... Go ahead, Jason. I mean, from song ideas... I think remember that we're still leading worship. And so things that bring us into the presence of God, or at least have the theology that can take us there. Um, and so not just singing nostalgic songs that people want to sing, but like we're still worship leaders. And so I, you know, but also humble yourself because you're also leading the people in front of you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so don't be like, I don't like any of these Christmas songs. And I think it's funny because I have a senior pastor who is, is like, you don't have to sing any Christmas songs. Like I don't really love carols either, but if people send me emails, I'm, I'm forwarding to you. And so, <laughs> and I was like, I understand that. Um, but things uh, I'm thinking about, uh, especially from a band perspective, things that still sound like our church, uh, that we don't have to just totally sound differently and pick up instruments or instrumentations that we would have never have used before. Um, uh, so things like, and I also look at songs like, can I, would I do this in November or January? Would I do it not just in uh, a Christmas season? So a song like King of Kings, um, we'll sing, uh, that's a Hillsong song. Uh, we'll sing that all throughout the year yep. and then we'll sing it in December. Um, he shall reign forevermore. Uh, one of the Tomlin songs, it's a little older now. We like to bring that back out because it sounds like our band it has a Christmas flavor, Christmas tone, um, but it wouldn't be a song that we would shy away from doing that necessarily throughout the year. Um, and so I think that's part of it uh, as well. So, yeah. And, and one thing that I, I try to stick to is even in some contemporary arrangements, if you're bringing back a hymn um, or a carol, I try to make sure, even if there's a bridge or a, a, chor a chorus that's added, I try to say, okay, but what do people really want to sing? They want to sing the carols. What do people know? And I make sure that it's not some new syncopation or that there's not some like change yeah, to yep. what's familiar because we love what's familiar. That's what actually helps us sing. So if there's some strange syncopation added, like we'll either not do that song because I want my people to sing right, or we'll straighten it out. 
so that when it comes to that, like, hi, I want you to learn this new bridge. I want you to learn this new chorus. But when we come to that part of the song that's familiar, um, I want to make sure that I give everybody, like, if it's joy to the world, you should just be able to sing the joy to the world that you know. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and not have to be joy like, oh, to the world. yeah, like, not have to be thinking <laughs> about, like, well, what arrangement is this? With this. What, what arrangement are they doing? Um, <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so right. It's so good to hear that. Say that, Jason, because you know you end up you end up just annoying everybody. <laughs> you know, <laughs> people who didn't want to sing the old Christmas carol, they get annoyed because you're doing the old Christmas carol. And the people who just want to sing it the way they grew up singing it, they can't sing it with you. So it just doesn't yeah. achieve nothing. Yep. And so those those sort of rearrangements of old classic carols are, you know, they're they're they could be a great listening experience, but not right. a great get the congregation singing along experience. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's, that's good, all right. And, and that's I, good, I discovered this a while back. You know, a lot of the traditional Christmas carols are originally keyboard-driven arrangements. Yeah. And when when songs are written and originally arranged on keyboard, they tend to have a lot more chord changes. Some of these old songs have a chord change for every note of the melody, mm -hmm. every beat of the bar, and that makes them very, very difficult to play on a guitar. And most most uh, most music in church services of recent years is guitar driven as opposed to keyboard driven. So right. there's a difficult transition to make. So most of my arrangements of those old songs, which keep the melody exactly the way people are used to sing them, or as much as I can make it that way, um, most of most of the choices are there as to scoop out half the chord changes, maybe three quarters of them, yep. and just make them a lot simpler as far as the chord changes go. And thankfully, there are a lot of artists doing guitar-driven versions of old songs that you can find and just sort of mm -hmm. borrow from them, you know, or even yeah. just do their arrangement. I love it. I love it. Michael, you have some thoughts there? Yeah, no, this is so good because if you're going to mix it up, mix up the band arrangement. But, yeah, don't don't mess with the syncopation or the melody because there's some folks that will come up and they've told me, they're like, look, we only get a couple weeks a year to sing the songs <laughs> together. Yeah. So can we yeah. just sing the songs? And I used to push back, you know, when I first started worship leading, I actually didn't like Christmas time because I felt like it was breaking the mojo. It was breaking up my rhythm of doing the coolest and the best. And, but I just, my heart's changed over time because I realized number one, especially as Jason said, if you're looking for select, select Christmas hymns that have really great content mm -hmm. that really help you focus on the Lord, um, like, bring it out, you know, use it as a challenge. Like, how can I, how can I help Christmas be more worshipful? And then, yeah, do arrangements they can hold on to. And then it's really fun. Like um, there's a Brenton Brown song I love called Adoration. And so I'll, I'll lead that. Normally what I do is I start the beginning of December and it will be half non-Christmas songs, half Christmas songs. And as, as I get closer in the month, it mm -hmm. starts shifting to all Christmas songs. So a song that I would do early in the month would be like Brenton Brown's Adoration. And then I'll come out of his version, his version of Adoration. And then I'll just go into, oh, come let us adore him at the end. Yep. You know, I'm always looking for how can I tie themes of popular worship songs that my church knows with the Christmas carols so it connects mm -hmm. them in. Um, so that, that always helps me to think in those ways. And especially, I don't know, we, in, in recent years, we have, and I, I don't want to say too much because <clears throat> It's not about who released the song, but we chose to do the song exactly like the new hip recording. And I stood in the back, I was at the sound booth, 
I wasn't leading that day. And it was like, I could just hear, I could hear the epic fail where the congregation's waiting. Everyone knows the note they're supposed to go to at the high, just the high point of the song. Everyone knows where they're supposed to go. So everybody is, and, and it's not just that everybody knows, everyone is excited to belt it out at this one very appropriate, timely part of the song. And this hip cool arrangement went a totally different place and the artist did a lot of vocal stylization and our leader that led did a really good job they did their job we just probably shouldn't have done that arrangement because and i would if i was leading it i wouldn't heard it either i just happened to be Mm -hmm. in front of house and i heard everyone jump for the note (laughs) totally miss and the leader so it's like congress is going one way the leader's going another way and i just felt sad in my heart i'm like yeah we we screwed up See, this is the benefit well. of any monitors, isn't it? This is the benefit of any <laughs> monitors because you you're never aware of that. Don't have to oh, lost. Don't oh, get to listen. You, you, you can things. still be it's aware great. of it. You can still be aware. It should be. Oh, I was yeah. trying to be sarcastic, but yeah, oh, yeah, that's amazing. You should be aware of it. Pop one out. <laughs> that's yeah. amazing. All right, so if it's now, let's go to the food question to end the podcast. If it's Christmas dinner at your house, what is the main dish on your table? What is? What are you guys? Or do you have one? Is it like, does it change every year? Some people go like turkey, ham. What is like, what is your, is tri-tip? We just, we do, Grant's like, we do hot dogs or we do whatever. Like we do ham, <laughs> what, what do you, what, it's the middle of summer. So what are you, you know, you're not like, you're not doing, what, what are you guys Outside doing? Grilling. <laughs> Outside grilling. Outside grilling. Grant, Grant has five big fat pigs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> He has a lot of things that I didn't recognize from the 12 Kiwi days oh. of Christmas. There's a lot of food. Well, yeah, I, 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 maybe I shouldn't have done this. I sent, th- I sent through in our chat, <laughs> listeners, uh, the lyrics of the Kiwi 12 days of Christmas. You know the old, uh, it's a British thing, but on the 12th day of Christmas, which will okay to me, that one. Yeah, there's a there's a Kiwi version of it that lists oh, a whole just... lot of things that no one else outside of New Zealand has ever <laughs> I'm really but, excited uh, about this. But, yeah, what are you what, what are you guys eating on, 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 your, on your holiday or on your Christmas? Well, I'll tell you, one time we tried this. We tried pumpkin pie without sugar. No. <laughs> Don't Shouldn't. do it. Don't. Yeah, just oh, there's the, a reason why you tried it one year. One year right. we tried this. Just eat the pumpkin so at that point. Just, it, was just, the, it was the most spectacular, beautiful, like, magazine cover pumpkin pie. And then you take a bite. And you wonder, like, Lord, why? Why? <laughs> what is the maple syrup? <laughs> That's right. All your hopes and dreams of the holiday season it. are it gone. Was just a, it is a big fail. <laughs> Put sugar in your pumpkin pie. That's all I got to say. Jason, what are you guys eating? And We don't have a main. We rotate through main dishes. Okay. And so, But my wife is half Filipino and part Latvian. And so her parents usually come over. And so we make egg rolls. Um, and then we also make these things called pea dogs, which is like bacon pierogies. Um, and so we don't eat very healthy on oh, Christmas. I understood the word bacon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Besides that, we rotate through, but you know, our, our cholesterol raises quite a bit in one weekend for sure. That's right. My, my, Michael's not eating sugar, so that's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Grant. What about you? What are what are what are you guys eating on on? on oh Christmas? my goodness. Um. Well, it actually depends whether my wonderful brother-in-law Jacob is with us or not, because he's vegan. And um, so we've we've roasted pump, vegan. We've we've roasted cauliflower. Oh, I love Jacob, but that's a bit disappointing. I got to say. <laughs> um, 
Real but, talk. Uh, but, yeah, real I'll talk. Be, he, won't, he won't be listening to this. No, uh, that's fine. So, um, no, yeah, because it's summer, it, it could very likely be what we call in New Zealand a barbecue, which to translate for American listeners is a cookout. Yes. So it could be, you know, like, you know, just, just a, it's, so it's summer. Um, but I know this, um, the day after Christmas, for those members of the British Commonwealth, the day after Christmas is called Boxing Day. Nothing to do with the combat sport. I'm not really sure where the name comes from. But anyway, on Boxing Day, we all go to the beach and and everyone like brings their own lunch in a uh, – what do you call it in America? We call it an esky or a chili bin, an ice box. That's it. Cooler. Yeah. Cooler. Yep. cooler. A cooler. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so it's – so it's very, very Ooh, different cuisine-wise. Oh, yes. that's amazing. All right, guys, this is fun. Hey, uh, thanks again for hanging out today and uh, chatting through holidays and uh, chatting through Christmas season. I'm working on, I'm working on the words here. Uh, ch- chatting through the Christmas season stuff. Um, everybody who's listening, uh, you can always check us out at, on Instagram at Worship Leader Podcast, uh, and we're online at theworshipleaderpodcast.com. So you guys are awesome, and uh, we will see you guys next week.